0: Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and this week we have the boffins from Chronomics, as we call them. Um, Two highly intelligent guys who've just formed a company called Chronomics. You can find them at uh, www chronomics c-h-r-o-n-o-m-i-c-s.co.uk um, and the two guys we've got in are dr tom Stubbs. Um, tom has a masters of molecular and cellular biochemistry and uh, biochemistry and molecular biology from the university of oxford and he's also one of the founders of chronomics and his co-founder toby call who also has a phd program in bioenergy and industrial biotechnology from the university of cambridge so we've got some highly intelligent guys we are going to talk to you all about epigenetics and what chronomics do is they they do genetic testing that looks at the effect on your epigenetics of things like lifestyle environment and stress and how you can use that information track it on an ongoing basis to optimize your mind body and well-being and to perform well so it's fascinating new technology um, by two fiercely intelligent guys who do talk really articulately about the benefits it brings and what exactly this is so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you've got questions, they probably won't be for me. They'll be for either Dr Stubbs or Toby, but you can file them off to us at Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, at bodyshopperformance.com, and I'll forward your questions on to the guys. Uh, alternatively, I'll have a try answering them myself, but I suspect they won't be for me. Enjoy the episode. Okay, Tom, Toby, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you for having yeah, us.
0: Yeah. Um, for the benefit of the audience who are listening,
2: not watching, but um, just obviously I'm Leanne, I'm the host, um, oh, I, I have with them, me, I'm, I'm Antonia, I'm Antonia Banash and I'm the co-founder of um, Body Shop Performance.
3: Hi, I'm Toby, Um Toby Cole, one of the co-founders of Chronomics.
1: And I'm Tom Stubbs, another one of the co-founders of Chronomics. Cool,
3: okay.
0: Well, let's get straight into it because it's a 30-minute show and it goes super fast. Yep. Um, talk to us about how Chronomics came about.
1: So, I guess Chronomics came about from kind of... A couple of the founders being based in Cambridge studying PhDs and working particularly on kind of epigenetic predictors uh, and specifically looking at aging. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we found is actually you can build very accurate predictors of age from epigenetic information, which is, I guess, kind of a bit boring because you can already predict age from someone's date of birth. Uh, but what's more interesting is you can also see how healthy they look, mm-hmm. so their biological age, so how old they look relative to how old they are Uh, and what we also saw was that lifestyle changes uh, affect how old you look. So for instance, individuals that suffer from (laughs) HIV or something like that would have an accelerated epigenetic age Uh, and kind of together with Toby and Danny, another one of the founders, uh, we started thinking, okay, why don't instead of just looking at everything relative to age, why don't we just predict lifestyle factors? which is already interesting in itself for people. Mm. So we kind of started doing this from public data for kind of a year, uh, and then got this opportunity um, for some funding from a VC based in California. And so we kind of brought the whole team together. So together with Charles and now also with Rob, who's just recently come on Mm. um, to found Chronomics and bring these epigenetic biomarkers to individuals.
0: Cool, very cool.
2: Can so, just so, yeah, well, can just, so, can you just explain a little bit more what is? Yeah, sorry,
1: are, yeah. familiar with it. Um, yeah, so your body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each of those cells you have a packet of DNA, and that <coughs> DNA, if you stretch it out, is two meters long. Wow. And this DNA has to be kind of packaged and controlled so that only bits of it are expressed in any one cell or at any one mm-hmm. time. And that layer of control on your DNA is called epigenetics. And so we measure epigenetic marks, so how your DNA is controlled, and that control of your DNA changes over time or due to environmental factors. And those things during development are really important, but obviously some of them can, not, can be less less beneficial for you. Uh, so epigenetics, I guess, compared to genetics, which is static, is dynamic over time. Yeah.
0: And what i what are, are interested, the VC backer, what was his or her angle in, in supporting you? Was it the anti-aging angle?
1: Um, so I think they they were very interested in the idea of kind of personalized omics space. or uh, interested in exploring that. Uh, and when they came across a company that was using epigenetics or epigenomics as it's called. Mm. Uh, they were really interested in exploring kind of how that data could be used to predict other things that we don't even know about yet. Mm. Uh, so the beauty of, I guess, the way we're evolving as a company is that we're generating large data sets on individuals, um, which we can already give people information about certain things, but there's potentially a whole lot more that we can tell people about their environment and lifestyle that's still yet to be discovered.
0: Mm. That's brilliant, yeah. Um, I just asked about because I would have thought the anti aging would be quite an interesting you know, obviously in California that's one of the things that are gonna be so <laughs> yeah, 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 in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I used to eschew that term anti aging, you know, it's inevitable we're gonna age. But actually it's more about longevity of health span, isn't it? Exactly. So that's yeah, really exactly. what you what I'm after certainly, is how long can I maintain my health healthy and useful life for? Um,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's what we want is for people to be happier and healthier for longer. So not kind of getting to the end in a <laughs> less ideal state, let's say. Yeah. Um, and like you say, in California, this concept of biological age linked to chronological age is already kind of taking off a bit. Um, mm. And you have some companies that are now taking these metrics and kind of flipping them on their head within life insurance uh, and using them to predict, slightly a bit morbid, but to predict time to death. Yeah. Um, so, kind of using those as metrics for actuarial
3: work. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's an interesting debate there. You know, you say insurance to some people, and actually they might think that's you know a terrible thing. We couldn't didn't want insurance based on our DNA, but at least in the UK, I think you can only have positive effects in like the money off your premiums, etc. You mm. can't be penalised for it yet. So the dystopia is not here yet. I mean, it's all it's uh, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> so, yeah. well, I think it will come as well.
0: Um, so how does it work,
3: Toby? the test yeah so how the test works so we use a saliva test So very similar to other dna companies out there um, saliva is super easy just spit in the tube essentially no blood sample or uh, other invasive procedures it's just a saliva test then we extract the dna and where our science gets a bit more complicated than other dna companies is the is making these epigenetic marks visible to us when we do uh, when we then look at them by next generation sequencing. So the chemical step uh, called by sulfite conversion, um, uh, which allows us to highlight where these epigenetic tags are on your DNA. Um, so for someone doing the test, um, you spit in the tube, send yourself results, your results, the sample to us, and you will have your results back at your sort of, at your secure online account within a matter of months and ideally weeks mm. in the future. Um, and from that data, it's going to be super fascinating because it's, as we've been sort of alluding to, it's actionable data. There's mm-hmm. things, there are mar- these are markers that change over your lifetime. Um, and so for the first time, we'll have an actionable, repeatable DNA-based test mm. for broad ranging conditions. And from the health and wellness and fitness side of things, it's really fascinating as well because we really want to promote this message of preventative, proactive, Healthcare, which is yeah. I think yeah. what you guys espouse as well, which yeah. is yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if I understood it correctly, somebody would take the test and in six months' time they would take another test to see what epigenetic changes have, have gone on. So let's say I move from, from London, where I live in central <laughs> central south London, um, and I move out to the countryside, that would be really interesting, wouldn't it, to see what epigenetic one would hope benefits I would get from moving out of an area of dense pollution into an area of higher air quality, possibly less passive smoking. Uh, but that would be one instance, wouldn't it, of, of how you'd see some interesting changes. Yeah, exactly, and not
3: just passive smoking, but um, there have been uh, predictions made for traffic pollution and other kinds of air pollution, yeah. and um, as Tom was saying, I know, the chemical uh, interactions with the body are something that shows up quite well with epigenetic changes. Um, so yeah, indeed, you might see a change in your epigenome if you go to the countryside. Mm. How long that would take, um, we would have to yes. test that. Um, but yeah, a really interesting example. Okay. just
2: trying to get into the countryside.
0: I
1: think
2: Okay, so
0: what about the effects of nutrition on epigenetics? Because that's a big one, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I guess um, nutrition has been less well studied than for instance certain chemical pollutants or smoking or caffeine or these kind of things Um, but it is something that's really interesting and we're wanting to explore more. So there are already kind of predictors that you can define looking at sort of body compositional aspects of your health um, and it would be really interesting to go in and start looking at and teasing apart diet as well mm. uh, from an epigenetic perspective
0: so in other words how what we eat and drink can switch on or switch off genes or influence genes
1: yeah exactly. more on the influence side i guess
3: yeah yeah, yeah. one of the things that's important to note the way that we are looking at this biomarker of dna methylation is uh as a more is a more chronic lower frequency measurements so we're measuring changes that are really quite significant over time whereas we can't say can't, we don't want to say anything about short term variation mm. um, but yeah so we're looking at sort of more chronic changes that are really affecting health over time which you know might be affected by broad changes in diet you know if you suddenly move to the city and there's no options but the <laughs> burgers fast and food. fast food <laughs> yeah. um, that's pretty sure it's going to be bad for you in many ways um, and vice versa so yeah.
0: Okay, so it's really helping people understand what the effects of their lifestyle are, their diet, their exercise, their stress, their life load, the environment, the toxins, the pollutants, all of that, what influence that has on their epigenetics, and then ultimately their longevity and their health span. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. okay. That's right. So, what kind of people are you aiming this at?
3: So, the kind of people aiming this at, um, it's you know, as we kind of yeah, the end alluded to, that made quite a broad range of things that we can look at here so potentially a broad range of people um people such as yourselves health and wellness fitness mm-hmm. professionals gurus and who really um help, who help people maintain their peak physical well-being mm-hmm. um, and we've um speaking to doctor, private doctors for example who want to give their clients sort of the best um, the most up-to-date and sort of accurate health predictors as they can um, Yeah, so we're kind of pursuing that angle for the most part at the moment, so the health and wellness side of things, but there's also this angle of potentially chronic disease management, Mm. which we um, want to be slightly careful of because we don't like using the word diagnosis, but as long as it's done in a a way that you're expounding management and sort of increased awareness of how your body's working, Mm. then there are a lot of people who really do quite need this kind of thing. and some, some like biomarkers mm. that show them what's happening fundamentally in their body changing over time. Mm. Um, yeah so I mean, do you guys have a, perhaps an idea and some thoughts about as you know, health and wellness professionals that like you would like to use this kind of test and from would be interesting to hear from, from your audience. Yes own, isn't it? definitely, definitely. And like,
2: Personally uh, yeah I'd like to do it first of all on myself to see you know where I am at um, but then also I think there's uh, I, I'm a strong believer in personalization I think you know, uh, you can't just have one size fits all approach to, to improving your health and well-being anyway. Um, because, you know, even if you, because you read all this conflicting information about coffee being good, then it's bad. And most studies are always based on an average, but you as a person, you may fall underneath, beneath the average or be higher. So, you know, whatever the advice is given might not be suitable for you. So for me personally, you know, I have always believed in personalization. And I think this trend is more likely to grow. So um, I think there's huge benefits, and yeah, I, I yeah, because it gives you so much information. Um, chronic diseases on the rise. I mean, personally, my family, my dad is affected. I mean, he's old; he's eighty, but he has no quality of life. And then you wonder, you know, what's the benefit of uh, you know getting to a when you can't remember what you did five minutes ago, or you've got um, all sorts of other chronic disease going on, you know. It's all about getting quality of life. Um, so for me, yes, there's huge potential, um, and I think also for some of our clients, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think for anyone who's who's already tracking health, whether it's via an Oura ring um, or via any other kind of wearable tech, uh, or just a simple odd spreadsheet, woke up, felt like this, ate that, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What, whatever kind of quantification somebody's doing. I think it's a great additional layer. You know, what are the real impacts on my epigenetics from what I'm doing mm. um, and where I'm living and, and sort of the chemical products that I'm surrounded by. I think anyone who's got an interest in that and how it's affecting their health uh, is, is going to be interested in this. We'll come back to how much it is and how people can get to it later, but um, how does it differ from something like telomere testing? I mean, I know there's a fundamental difference between genes and telomeres, but if someone's done a telomere test for whatever it is, a hundred bucks, how, how's it, what additional information is it
1: offering? So I guess the difference is, I mean, for those who don't know listening, uh, telomeres are the caps on, your end of, on the ends of your DNA that essentially stop your DNA getting chomped up by the enzymes in your cells. And so every single chromosome within your cells has a telomere at either, or rung of telomeres at either end uh, to stop this happening. And one measure of biological age or stress that people use is telomere length. So as you get older, your telomeres get shorter and also under stress, they get shorter. Um, And if you're suffering from certain diseases, they can change kind of in either direction. Uh, Also, as was shown recently, uh, recently with uh, Tim Peake in uh, space, uh, telomeres can actually massively extend. So for anyone who's. (laughs) <laughs> travelling intergalactically they could extend <laughs> and then come back come back down to normal right. um, and did the they
0: stay extended once he'd landed? no so they shrunk, they shrunk right back yeah, yeah so what was the effect of being in space that extended them?
1: it's, it's deep still deep.
3: yeah I mean this point. of yeah. what's changed microgravity radiation exposure the weird diet who's exposed to a really yeah, weird yeah. environment in, yeah. the, in the ISS like so I mean there's yeah, loads of confounding factors mm. but I think yeah, what, kind of the point is that is is It's complicated, basically. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, I think there's a couple of main differences. One is uh, telomeres are one specific sequence of DNA. Uh, And so if you're looking at kind of, you only really get kind of one number or one metric out, and that's kind of this length of your telomeres. Whereas in the case of epigenetic information or what we're looking at, we look at kind of five million positions that are individually identifiable. And so that enables us to build models that are specific to a specific chemical or something else. Whereas in the case of telomeres, you just get this one number that's built up on lots of different things. And it's quite hard to tease apart what aspects you should be looking to improve or change. Uh, The other thing is, so telomere length has been kind of, I guess, historically particularly used for looking at age mm. um, because of its association with kind of in fibroblasts and senescence, so growing cells in a dish and mm. at some point they stop growing and mm-hmm. that's associated with kind of your telomeres shortening. Um, but epigenetic age is actually now a much better predictor of chronological age than telomere length.
2: Right. And um, just leading on to that question, so obviously it's a telomere test, testing. Um, so in Comparison to DNA fit, what do you test in addition? So some of our clients have done a DNA DNA test with us, but um, doing an epigenetic test, what, what would they get in addition?
1: So I guess the main difference is kind of DNA fit is looking at pieces of information from, is it 38 genes or something like that? Yeah. 50 genes, um, which is again, your mm-hmm. DNA. So it's static and it's not changing. Mm-hmm. And so that information you're getting about maybe nutrition or Mm. about muscle composition or these kind of things that you're getting from DNA fit is the same information that you would be getting as a baby or as a 90 year old. So it's not not measuring kind of where you're at right now. It's just measuring sort of what you were born with Mm. and can give you kind of, okay, Leanne, maybe you're slightly better at X, Y, Z, or nutrition wise, you should have slightly more of that. Maybe you're not. But it's not telling you sort of where you are now, mm-hmm. yeah. which is the power of epigenetics.
0: Yeah. I think that's really powerful mm-hmm. as well. Okay, cool. And do you, obviously you've been tested with this, you've done it, what did you discover?
3: It's in progress. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to say <laughs> that we have our results back yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've actually have actually done other DNA tests and found them interesting but again like we're saying it's not actionable interesting or not actual data that i could then use to improve my lifestyle and i've you know as a biologist i'm fascinated about my genes but with these other dna tests i've never been able to you know i've never thought about it in a meaningful way that's improved my life essentially Mm. um whereas we're pretty confident in that the type of information that we're going to get out about ourselves soon i mean Mm. even from a personal perspective um i have this autoimmune disease which i'd love to know about on an epigenetic level. I'm mm. um, pretty sure there are some fundamental changes that happen when things go back. Um, yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, work in progress and we'll be updated as soon as we know basically. Mm. Um, okay. But so maybe Tom could talk a bit more about the the models that we know that we can already predict for? Um, yeah yeah. I mean so, I yeah. guess
1: kind of as we were saying at the start, um, lots of the work we were doing was with publicly available data. Um, And now we're, as Toby's saying, kind of running through, I guess, the first set of samples uh, and hopefully we'll have data back on them Mm -hmm. soon. Um, But from those kind of initial public data sets, there's already predictors you can define for things like uh, severity of respiratory allergies or uh, smoking uh, associations or alcohol or caffeine exposure. Uh, also looking at sort of insulin sensitivity Mm -hmm. so kind of on your way to diabetes but not yet and being able to change around that um, amongst lots of other things Uh, there's also kind of quirky predictor I guess that we defined uh, looking at pregnancy related anxiety Mm -hmm. so if you test a child you can see whether the mother suffered from pregnancy related anxiety during the pregnancy wow Uh, and this actually has kind of Adverse outcomes for mother and child for sort of first two years of life, yeah. Um, and it's something that's currently quite hard to diagnose at the moment. Obviously, we're not yeah. <laughs> a diagnosis yeah. company, but it's quite interesting that you can already see these sorts of things from yeah. epigenetics. I suppose
3: yeah. just briefly going back to the people you think we might be interested in this. Um, one thing, one piece of feedback we've had from from people, talking to people like that. This is. Um, uh, Family planning, um, so yes. mothers and even fathers, in the case of fertility, um, wanting to be in the best health state, yes. uh, the most fertile state, mm. in which epigenetics plays quite a strong role. Mm. Mm. So that's another segment of people we're really interested to talk to more and um, potentially build or shape, you know, parts of our product that yes. suit that suit them. So.
0: That's a really Definitely. interesting angle, actually, because I recently interviewed a, a fertility expert in Australia called Gabriella yeah. Rosa. Um, and that, that episode will have gone out by the time this goes out. So that would have gone out on the 4th of April. And she looks very much at lifestyle and takes a real step back when she's trying to help couples get pregnant. You know, from All the way from like what sort of stress do you suffer from? what's your environment what are you eating how well are you sleeping the whole thing you know very much akin to our six signals concept she looks at all of that so epigenetics could be another um, i should introduce you another thing yeah, that <laughs> that, that, uh, that she could help people look at but exactly how would that work then you'd look at their epigenetics with a view to saying well actually this is the result of the stress you're under or how would that work
3: In terms of... uh, So
0: if I was looking to to become pregnant, how would something like the chronomics test give me more information to get my body into the best possible shape for pregnancy? So
3: it's important to note that in terms of any transgenerational effects, of which epigenetics as a whole, that's another conversation that's really interesting to talk about. But again, we only look at saliva. So we're looking at the mother's general health. um, And in general, just being in the best health for your child is, is what everyone wants. Um, and um, in terms of the knowledge of how um, a child in utero is affected epigenetically by its mother, there's studies looking at the effect of smoking as an obvious one, mm. which is you know has a strong epigenetic effect. But there are other things. But Tom, you have some examples. Yeah,
1: I mean there's other ones. I mean there's kind of historical studies looking at sort of uh, malnutrition or lack of vitamins or certain types of uh, nutritional supplements in the diet during. Mm pregnancy and then the effect of that uh on the child maybe 20 30 years later so the kind of dutch hunger famine is a classic example where you see that you see epigenetic changes uh in the kind of children as they've grown up and you can see it kind of physically manifested as problems they suffer from yeah. as, as adults.
0: So these were women who, in the Dutch famine, I refer to it in my book, actually, when we okay. work. Um so as, I, so as I recall, these are women who, they looked at some women who got pregnant during the famine and those that, that were, got pregnant after the famine, and yeah. then they looked at the epigenetics of the children that were born to those women and I think there was a such increased susceptibility towards obesity, is that correct? Yeah like one of the other, groups. Yeah. But there was a marked difference wasn't there in yeah. the epigenetics of yeah. the two groups. Yeah, really interesting. Um, what do you see as the future of this and what's the next few steps for you guys?
1: So I think, yeah, for us it's really a case of now trying to get people engaged with wanting to find out about their epigenetic information. Uh, and to also start building more predictors based off of feedback from customers about what they're interested mm. in knowing about themselves. Mm. Uh, I think one other aspect that's we're really interested in kind of working towards is also that the data becomes useful in maybe a public health setting. So mm-hmm. if you have enough customers within a certain region or et cetera, um, that data could be used to maybe drive public health initiatives. So. Mm-hmm. If uh, obesity was an issue in one particular area or um, smoking or a certain type of pollution in another area you could think about ways the government could be acting to try and improve that so that because it's obviously it's quite hard say for pollution for single individuals to do a do anything about it other than moving themselves yeah. <laughs> to the countryside maybe um, <laughs> but it is something that as a community we can do something yeah like. yeah so
0: yeah okay Cool. So, how does someone go about getting the test? What's the process?
3: So, we are uh, recruiting early adopters right now. If people are keen to get in touch, uh, we'd love to talk to people. Um, and how do so, we get in touch? So, by contacting us at info at chronomics.co.uk. So,
0: chronomics is C-H-R-O-N-O-M-I-C-S. Right? That's right. Chronomics. Or by chronomics. So, omics.
3: So, genomics, proteomics, chronos over time. Yeah. Um, or by <laughs> exactly just like the box a okay, yeah. special box and right I'll link to all of this stuff in the notes anyway yeah um, and follow us on social media Instagram Twitter Facebook we're trying to engage as much as we can with people in terms of science and general like um, biotech uh, mm. sort of, uh, sphere at the moment mm. and engaging what people are interested um, okay. uh, through contacts.
0: and how much is it as an early adopter
3: so an early adopter price um as a test, it's more expensive to run to than, gen- um, than genetic tests. Um, we are seeing around uh, sort of 599 uh, or uh, $49, was it, was it about? all that per month, um, for every okay. 12 months as a subscription. Okay, um, so you can pay monthly. It's, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, again, the price kind of depends on us, on, on the... Um, uh, it's linked to the cost of sequencing essentially, yeah. and how this will evolve over time. Ideally, the price will go down over time, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's something that you know at the moment we're a young startup and it's it's quite yeah. difficult to yeah. <laughs> to yeah. bring down at the moment. Yeah. Um,
0: so what happens then? Let's say you sign up for a, for twelve months payment. You have your test done at the outset, mm-hmm. and then you get. Do you get anything back in the twelve month period, or is it yes? Year so year? Yeah.
1: Um, you would take your test and then your data would be processed and you would get your results back kind of within a couple of months Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, that's what you get kind of from there. And then over the course of the year, you will get access to additional apps. So pieces of epigenetic information or epigenetic indicators together with recommendations and things you could do to maybe reduce those indicators over the course of the the year.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's be devil's advocate for a bit. You know, what if I'm really nervous about giving you my data? You know, can you reassure people on the kind of the privacy and, and that mm. angle of it?
1: Yeah. So I think I mean this is something we believe really strongly about, um, and actually being based in Europe and in the UK uh, is something that, as a company, you can't take for granted anymore. Mm. Thankfully, uh, so mm. with the introduction of GDPR in May uh, and. The idea is that we are aiming to be as transparent as possible with the use of your data. So any, so basically you are, as an individual, in control of your data at every step. So anything that you want to engage with, say other researchers uh, looking at a particular condition that perhaps you're interested in or governments, as we were kind of saying previously, it's up to you to want to opt in to Mm. your data being used for those things. So nothing is for granted. Uh, All your data is stored within the EU. So there's no kind of, I don't know, cheaper storage provision somewhere else that maybe is less secure. Um, Everything is completely encrypted and safe.
0: Mm. Okay. what other kind of objections have you had from people?
3: I suppose in terms of the understanding of the science and comparing us to current other genetics company out there who. Do you are getting a bit of a bad rep in terms of the interpretation of the data, mm-hmm. so that's something we really want to focus on mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of say, perhaps say, if you were to do this with your clients, we would properly explain how to interpret it and work with you on the best kind of interventions so people really understand what what is you know what they need to do and what the data means for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I think we didn't really touch on properly. I think, but you mentioned, Antonio, was um, the personalization of this data. Yeah. You know? So whatever affects you can affect you. Different people differently. Yeah. Um. So it's about personalizing that intervention as well. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I think there's a bit of. I mean, obviously we know that epigenetics at the moment is a bit. Of a, it's quite hot. You know, it's quite a hot topic. You know, it's kind of the next thing. But I suppose you know, uh, for the average person that we, average person. Yeah. Sorry, it sounds a bit. You know, sort of condescending, but some people who are not necessarily exposed to the cutting edge stuff that we are. Um, epigenetics might be a little bit of. What is that? You know, and. Uh, you know, there might be a bit of an educational piece that needs to be done around it as well. You know, kind of explaining to people what it actually is, and mm. it's actually okay, and it's nothing is going to happen. Yeah. In fact, it gives you loads of information about yourself, and it really helps you to take control of your own well-being, um, rather than mm. oh, what's going to happen? I'm going to spit into this glass, and then it's going to happen, and mm. then you know, so is there going to be a clone at some point or whatever? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, some people do have that concern. Yeah, but
0: I think if you've got the pay monthly, you know, that makes it instantly more affordable for a lot of people Mm. and I think the type of people that we attract are interested in tracking their health and this is another Mm. very effective way of of tracking how you know so the work they'll do with us or they'll do independently on their own exactly what impact is is that having on their their epigenetics and therefore are they actually extending their life their useful lifespan and their longevity Mm -hmm. um Okay, cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that you wanted to mention? We'll link to everything in the show notes to your Insta and your social media um, and also onto your website. Yep. Um, and, yeah, any, is there anything else that you wanted to add?
1: No, I think just, yeah, if people want to get access to this kind of Leanne podcast-specific pricing, then please get in touch, basically. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes. And, um, great. All right, great. Thanks
1: very much, guys. Thank you. Cheers, nice. thanks. Right. Thank
0: you. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website bodyshopperformance.com and click on take the test and it'll take you through to a very short two to three minute health IQ test. At the end of that you'll get a scorecard based on your results and a free 39 page report built all around our six signals which are sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion and fitness. So jump on the website bodyshopperformance.com and take our test. Finally, thanks for listening to this show and if you've enjoyed what you've heard and it's added value to you, share the episode uh, with someone you think could benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a rating, a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.